to get started. Sit back, enjoy the show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tim and Sid for Thursday, February 4th. I'm Tim McAuliffe. He is Sid Sixero. We are still in our basements and still live on TV, radio, and Sportsnet now, amazingly. Did you ever think in your long-legged life with your (laughs) long-legged sailor? I don't have to to hear the end of the question. No. In your long-legged wife. No, no, no. That you would hear that. Did you say long-legged wife? Is that what you said? Have you? It's a, sorry. I got kids. It's a. It's a. Have you never heard that before? Say it again. No, have you I ever, ever, ever in your long-legged life met a long-legged sailor with a long-legged wife? No. I'm no, <laughs> I never, ever, ever in my long. Never mind. All right, that's for me and about eight other people out there. Glad you stopped me on it. <laughs> but can those eight other people please tweet into the show and back or tell Six Zero what the hell up. I'm talking about? Please, uh, but either way. We never thought we would be in the spot where we're sitting in our basements live on a national television radio drive time show and uh, over the internet because we didn't know what the internet was going to be. I was talking to somebody today and I, I let them know since about March I've been doing shows from home. And he said to me, yeah, I've been doing it since February there, botch. Got your beat. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the exact quote at all. I'm making that. But like, the, but right. the, the, a lot Understood. of us, my point is, A, I agree with you, B, a lot of us in the same boat here. So, no, Understood. I did not think uh, 11 months later we would still be doing this. But we are. Uh, the news cycles change a bit, though, Timmy. That that I'm happy to see. There's more things to talk about, so that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, there are a few things to talk about, including a member of the Toronto Raptors front office uh, getting a new contract extension. But does, does, this con- does this contract extension leave us with more questions than answers? We'll talk mm-hmm. about it. Michael Grange joining us, hour number two. The topic that will not go away. Also, countdown to Super Bowl 55 continues. Sam Acho, NFL PA, executive committee member, former linebacker in the league, knows a thing or two about said league. He will join us coming up. Commissioner Roger Goodell had his, um, I guess, State of the Union press conference, for lack yep. of a better term. Uh, we'll dive into some specific issues of that, mainly um, how – what elements of this virtual NFL world that we lived in are going to continue? Uh, the hiring of minority head coaches, it's not great from a statistical standpoint. Where do we go with that, Timmy? I know Sam's going to have some takes there. We'll talk to him in a bit. He's he's one of the one of the guys we have been blessed to meet over the last little bit here while we've been in our basements, Tim. I think I can speak for you. Uh, he is a delight. He's a great yeah. guy to talk to. He knows this smart. league up and down. Smart guy. Um, I, I look forward to talking to Sam here in a bit. Also, speaking of smart, law degree, Brian Burke, Sportsnet hockey analyst, will join us from a health and safety standpoint. There's a lot happening in the NHL right now. Uh, also, looking at the schedule, looking at the fun stuff, a solid night tonight. Uh, three games in the North Division, so plenty going on from a Canadian hockey perspective, which was the complete opposite of what happened last night from a Canadian yeah. hockey perspective, Timmy. Doesn't it? Does it seem, though, like the last 10, now almost 11 months have been either 100 miles an hour or 2 miles an hour? Yeah. Like, it was weird. It was <laughs> weird no last week. Like, it was strange. Yeah. It's like it's either here we go or just crickets. And I know, like, Philly-Boston was a good game. Don't get me wrong. But, like, from a game, yeah. I, I no longer get excited. I don't mean to get – like, I'm not trying to piss anyone off here. But I can't be alone in thinking I, I can't watch American teams right now. Like, I don't get the same feeling. Okay. Like, that was a good so hockey game on Sportsnet last night, and I just was like, uh, 
Couldn't get Let's walk down this road a little bit because you are the foremost consumer of sports that I know. Um, you watch more than anyone. There were only two games in the NHL night. There was some ball, though no Raptors. So if you're the Canadian sports fan last night, what were you watching? Hit us up at Tim and Sid on Twitter. Sid, what the hell were you watching? Did you, if you didn't take in, like, were you watching Bulls Knicks to see if any of them were real? Like, what were you watching was, last night? I honestly, so I was, I had a couple Zoom calls last night, as you and I have a lot of lately. I had a couple Zoom calls last <laughs> night, and uh, um, but I did have Bucks Pacers up because that was the early ESPN game last night. So here, here's the beauty with Rogers Ignite. And I like I'm telling you this as a fan, as Tim just alluded to, I knows me some TV in terms of sports watching, as does McAuliffe. But mm-hmm. the function on Rogers Ignite, and some of you might not know this, you hit one button, it gives you the entire sports sked and where to find it. It will take you there. Just go to the game. So I'm like, okay, what am I watching here? Bucks Pacers comes up on Ignite. Boom, I hit my C button. I think it's C. Go to the game, ass kicking. The Bucks were all over him from the word go, right? It wasn't even close. So I'm, but I still have it on. Like I'll watch it till the end. And I see Giannis Antetokounmpo so bored on the sideline because Milwaukee's up so big. <laughs> He's picking up a camera from one of the one of the courtside photographers. I don't know how sanitary or healthy that was, but hey, whatever. We're making the rules as we go. So he's picking yeah. up a camera, and and the two time reigning MVP is just kind of looking into it. And I thought, man, that's a great way to end the pack. Like the Bucks, picture perfect. They win. Blah blah blah. Like it's a great way to like. I'm going back to the score days a little bit. What I look at my do phone. highlights. Yeah, I do highlights. Remember those? Yeah. We did highlights. Yeah. I By look the way, at my speaking phone. of making it up as we go along, so are our politicians, so don't worry about it. Continue. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And that, that, that wasn't just the last 12 months, but it's been accentuated more. Um, <laughs> uh, Lecce used to be my favorite Italian soccer team. Topic for another night. Nice uniforms, though. Nice Very uniforms. Nice, right? The red yeah. and, the, yeah. and the gold. Light. Very yeah. nice. So I'm watching, I'm watching the shot of Giannis holding up a camera, taking a pic. And I'm like, this is hot. You can use this. Matty Morgan, social media producer here at Timminson, sends out immediately a mock-up to the Timminson team. The mock-up is Giannis, one side of the screen, looking at me bending over in the, in the ski suit, where you just see my, my buttocks. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, so he sends the mock-up, and all it says is, Good? Question mark, <laughs> which is code for I'm not going to run this without McAuliffe and Sixeros. Okay, which we need, which is great. Like sometimes that's needed and we appreciate the courtesy. So I'm just, that was basically my non North Division viewing last night. Watch the Bucks and then Maddie Morgan destroys me on the Tim and Sid uh, social media, which I gave the thumbs up to because when I saw it, for the record, I chuckled as well. So that was, I, uh... that was my evening. Do we have to show it on TV, guys? Like, I, I, I saw it last night, and I hope, I hope I'm not guys, revealing any secrets. Guys, do me over the last. Bring it, bring it back up, because I, I think it's, I think we need to examine like, it further. You'd like to see more of your ass? Because it looks like, for those listening, it looks like Giannis is has taken uh, a Nokia f- uh, camera or whatever. I was thinking of a funnier old <laughs> no, school, like Nokia. like a, a Kodak. Kodak stock is like yeah. a billion right now. Uh, it looks like he's look to like really focusing on my ass, and it's it's very funny. So you didn't want to see this anymore, Tim? I'm sorry, we can lose it. We can, no, yeah. I was I was I was pretty good with it. Uh, in fact, we don't have to zoom in. We went for it full. You have to go um, full. But now that you're leaving the show on uh, on February 26th, 
uh, and the show will continue without Sid Sixero. I'm getting too many tweets asking me what I'm doing. Uh, I think I need to reiterate that I'm staying. <laughs> like, they, I will continue it, in this time is it, slot. Is it, is it just one line? Like, what are you doing? Like, is that basically? No, there's been a few, like, uh, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. But as you're, as you're leaving, and this is your final month, can I now inform you that oftentimes those are my ideas that Matt Morgan will put forward? That's not to what Matt told me. <laughs> That's not to... what Matt told me. I don't want to start a thing right now, but I, I, I asked him a couple times. I'm like, is this Tim's idea? Mm-hmm. He's like, who? And I'm, I, right. I walked away from it. So I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to start a thing. I don't want to start a thing. But I just mean the ones that may or may not be flattering to you. I'm. We may or I'm may saying. not pass them off as Matt Morgan's idea just for your perusal. Uh, I don't know, Matt. <laughs> Matt. Right. So you're saying that you're saying one I'd of them. Give, I, You'd say I'd give Matt an easier okay than I'd give you. Is that what you're suggesting? Is that the whole? We, is that the strategy behind it? <laughs> um, I like Matt. The other part of my ten month roller coaster has been me uh, going in and out of COVID stories, like I care and I don't care, because I'm just not capable of taking it in all the time. And my roller coaster on COVID fatigue right now is pretty high. Yeah, like I, I understand. Couple there are minutes. some real stories out there right now, but I also feel like uh, there are a lot of people in the world right now that just want to know how does this affect them and then move on. We know that this is like we understand the NHL's in some tough spots. We understand this country's in tough spots. Just tell me what I need to know and move on. But when it comes to the NHL and even Champs League, it's thrown on our plate again and again. It's been thrown on our plate in Major League Baseball, in the National Football League, in the NBA. Do you think we have to pass on the info? Like, I think if it's a Canadian team, it's a no-doubter. If a Canadian team is affected, we pass it on because people are watching us to find out about their team. There are Sabres fans in this country. There are fans of just hockey in this country. And Canadian teams are affected by the new protocols that we saw from the NHL today. Do you have a clearer vision on all of this, though, than I do? Or do we just ask the audience? I think we I think we pass it on. Like I think like do we stay on this for for twenty minutes? Like I don't have twenty minutes to takes on this. I think is what you're getting at. Yeah. Like I think I think I think hockey fans though probably should know the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres has COVID. I think hockey fans should know when the Minnesota Wild last night have their next week of the schedule postponed. I think they should know that now seventeen members of the Devils are in COVID protocol. Like that's news. I think a sports fan, if you're if you're watching this show at least. You should probably hear, but I don't. I don't have a lot of takes surrounding that, other than the fact that the protocols that the league came out with, Tim, the four changes in reaction to all this, obviously, um, that is more interesting to me than than the news of what's going on because I have nothing to add to it other than hopefully everyone's okay and stays healthy. Right. Like I don't have anything to add to that. But when you take the glass out from behind the boards because you think that's affecting airflow. When you're telling hockey players they can't get to the arena until an hour 45 before a game, um, that to me is a different discussion. That is, I look, I'm sure some doctor somewhere told them this was worth a shot. Who the hell am I, right? I've, 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 you and I long ago have proven we are not epidemiologists, and Correct. we know that. But you still have, Tim, the Devils went out there twice over the weekend against the Sabres, and they, it was running through their team. 
okay? What the hell does a bench opening up from behind matter if that's allowed to happen, is my point. I don't get that. That'll, that I'm willing to have the conversation about. It just seems really weird to me that in, in, a, in a game where you're, con, you're putting people in confined spaces indoors, like we're not right. talking NFL, we're talking indoors with a lot of physical contact. You know, NBA has physical contact too. This has way more physical contact, you can argue. That, that, I, that, that seems strange. That seems really, really strange. You know how the Sabres got infected? Because they played a team loaded with it. That's how they got infected. This isn't rocket science. At some point, that's not rocket science. You think taking plexiglass from behind a bench is going to stop that? I, f- I found that weird. I found that really, really strange. Probably. They probably got it from playing the Devils. And the other part of this is, yes, airflow matters. Ventilation mat. We've heard ventilation matters. We also heard that so does six feet. And you have, like, shockingly, players in a cold arena or at least near a cold ice sitting beside each other with no masks on are passing it to each other, right? Like the HEPA filters may help a little bit, but if you had 20 more feet of bench that you could hop over, it would probably help a little bit more. And we all know that. And Tim, back in the day, you played, you're like coming off a shift. You came off the ice. You sat down. What's the one thing you did immediately? (laughs) Thank you. Water. Yeah. Thank you. Heavy breathing water. So put tw- put 19 dudes or whatever it is doing that and spitting. And spitting. Like I'm just mm-hmm. it's just I there are elements to this I understand quite like I, my only point is this. There are elements I get like not having players show up until an hour 45. I know it's a it's a, it's a pain in the ass, but I understand that. The the taking the Do glass you- out when everyone is this like you and I are like sardines together on a bench but thinking that the circulation behind us is going to make a difference. I find that very strange, very strange, but why not? Like that's where they're at right now. Why not? But I would say, why not go through rapid testing like right before a game? Cause from what we understand, all players are given a PCR test every morning. So why not add a rapid test before the game? So you don't have players who might be positive playing in a game. The good news and then is affecting the- another team. The rapid tests that are being okayed by uh, Health Canada and some in the states, like we're talking 15 minutes to, in, in some of these cases, Tim. Now they're not over the counter. And they're not yet. perfect. And no, they're not perfect. They're not perfect. But, but but it's better than it's better than waiting hours on end for the for the for the one in the morning. Uh, of course, that would help. No question, that would help. But but then are you going to get rid of puck over glass rule if you're going to take out glass? Like what is what is that? What is that? You're going to well, you're going to have an official glass. make that make that call from behind. A coach, like what? Like it's like it's like a free throw, and it's like a, it's like a throwing in soccer, like some like on a on a lob. Like you're gonna have a linesman trying to make a call on that. That's insane. Penalties get given really, for that. No, but penalties really, get given for that. That's a rule. Somebody's is going that to the really box. What you're gonna worry about though, like well, right now I am because that's gonna well talk talk to me when Leaf fans have that call go against them tonight All or right. tomorrow. I understand. Tell I understand that. it. Can we not just say okay, it might help us them play games? Can that not be the response? This might help. I don't know that it will. I don't. I don't. But can yeah, we just I mean, not say? Well, hey, somebody thinks so. It's yeah, a like judgment I, call, like the rest of the calls on the ice every night. Judge, like everything in the last twelve months on Earth, a judgment call. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. No. Well, and, some some of it isn't a judgment call. Some of it's science. Some of it's not. A do judgment you want to get to 
end up, but that, listen, here, here's the part of this that no one talks about. Our greatest epidemiologists also got some things wrong along the way. And that's yeah. hard. It's they were difficult learning. for people yeah. to understand because you're learning along the way. And here we are 10 to 11 months later, and the NHL is learning along the way. I have a HEPA filter at my house. I ordered it after the pandemic started. Like I didn't. I wrote a letter to my school for my kids saying you should probably have these. I don't know why the NHL didn't think maybe a couple behind the bench would help until now, but lo and behold, they're there. So they're there. I just don't want them to get to where the NWHL got, where they suspended their bubble yesterday. That was too bad. On what was... National Woman in Sports Day, the NWHL had to cancel their season. And that's just a damn shame because I don't know what's been hurt more than women's sports in this global pandemic sports-wise. Oh, agreed. I mean, that's and, – and, and again, suspended may, means not canceled. There is a chance. Let's hope, right? Let's, let's hold out hope right. that vaccines Sorry, are rolling. Said. And did, when I roll, say, no, but, did I say cancel or suspend? No, 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 you didn't. Good, but no, right. but, uh, but, but when everyone saw that yesterday, they had the same kind of reaction. The, uh, just a reminder, it's not they are hoping to, to, to give out to play these semis and have this championship game. Let's hope they do. Um, there's some incredible athletes involved in that, and, and hopefully they get their chance. So just that was – you didn't want to see that. But, Tim, this is – listen, every league's kind of had the moment, right? The NFL had their moment. Yeah. With the Ravens and the Steelers, that game, somewhat like some other games, but that Ravens Steelers one really tested them. You had the Marlins, you had uh, the Reds, you had other breakouts from Major League Baseball. They had a moment with the World Series, out. <laughs> and, and, and and yeah, and during the World Series, let's be yeah. honest here, not after, during the World Series, um, the NHL is having their moment. How do they react? What do they do? Um, in the last forty-eight hours, it's been really concerning. And uh, hope, hopefully, this is it. Hopefully, Ralph Kruger's okay. Hopefully, everyone involved in this on the COVID protocol is okay because that's the priority. And uh, these protocols help. Contrary to hockey players pissing and moaning that getting into a game with you know an hour and a half before probably isn't good. Yeah, I would agree with you. Well, but it's it's a pandemic, so it is what it is, right? So hopefully, everyone's okay. Want- and, and and well, if we see anything that's crazy, we'll we'll just pass it on. In terms of takes, Tim, right. I'm with you. I'm done with the yeah. conversation itself. I think okay. if we're in a pass it on mode, and yeah. especially when it comes to hopefully it doesn't, but if it happens in the North Division, we'll definitely let you know here on Tim and Sid. And and I understand everyone's frustrations. I understand Andrew Cop's frustrations. I also yeah. understand that I don't live the same life either. I would love to go and play men's league hockey, or I would love to take my kid. Even like I was saying, why can't we rent out ice rinks for one family? or gyms for one family under one roof to get people out and exercise. And a few of the doctors that I talked to thought it would be elitist and that we wouldn't want to separate those with the means from those who don't have the means. And, like, I just, we're all in a spot that we don't want to be in. And if yours is that you can't get to the arena, even though it's kind of sort of ridiculous, an hour and 45 or more before a game, Understand there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of this ridiculousness because we're trying to do what's best. That's it. And Tim, I, 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 and it is I well, well said, well said. And I also remember a time where you, you know, you and I would be dressed when we went to the arena. That saved some time. Remember <laughs> yes. back in the day? Yeah, skate remember back cards. in the day? Don't leave them on, though. Don't skate leave the skate cards. cards on. No, no, no. Just it can Sweet. be done. 
It can be done. Yeah. Three in the north tonight, uh, Canucks Maple Leafs, Flames Jets uh, are among those on the Sportsnet family of channels. Also, the Sens and the Habs playing tonight. There are some notable absentees from games tonight. Mm. Sydney, would you like to weigh in, although I think you just froze, on the notable absentees from the Habs and Flames lineups? Uh, forgive me, the Habs lineup, I'm not familiar. I know Sam Bennett's not playing for Calgary tonight. That's one that got everyone's antennas up. Am I uh, Victor, Victor is- Mete is out for Montreal. Romanoff is in, although ah. I don't know that Victor Mete played the same type of game that Sam Bennett played in his last timeout. Like, Mete was dash two, or as Anthony Stewart called it, Kim Kardashian two. Um, and they won 6-2. <laughs> Yeah, not a good, not a good stat line, not a good right. stat line. So you could understand why Romanov would be back in the lineup for the Habs and Mete would be out. However, there are some rumors surrounding why Sam Bennett is a healthy scratch tonight. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we'll keep our eyes on the uh, on the timelines here over the next hour and a half or so, because you never know in this league, uh, which is turning into you know, if you got a pissed off player, then. And I got a pissed off player. Let's talk. So you, you never know how it's going to go in the National Hockey League. So we're going to take a break. Yeah. Brian Burke will join us a little later on. We'll hit on this because the Sam Bennett thing I find really, really interesting. We'll talk to Berkey about that and some of the health protocols going on here. And uh, also, Timmy, there, there's some NHLers saying they hope the two or three games in the same city thing stays. Like I saw some mm. quotes today. They're hoping the baseball-type schedule, the three-game series, mm. it sticks around. I don't like so it. I, you don't like it. No, I don't like it. Okay. I don't like it. And we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. Yeah. We'll dive into that. Uh, Michael Grange will join us. Bobby Webster has a new contract as GM of the Raptors. Masai, not yet. We'll dive into that on the back end of the show. But Sam Acho, uh, member of the NFLPA's executive committee, will join us. We'll talk Super Bowl 55 and some of what Roger Goodell had to say, Commissioner Roger Goodell, at the State of the Union down in Tampa. Always interesting, always a newsmaker when he steps in front of a mic. We'll dive into that next. This is Tim and Sid. We are live on TV and radio. There's... It's Tim and Sid. Sam Acho coming up, top of the hour. Michael Grange in about an hour's time. Not only on Bobby Webster getting his new deal as the general manager of the Toronto Raptors, what that means to Masai Ujiri, and what the bleep did FIBA do to Canada basketball. This might be one of the biggest jokes in (laughs) a joke of an organization that is wow. FIBA. Wow. See, I'm late on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna need your help on this, Tim. Like I'm because I've seen a few tweets. I haven't I haven't deep dived. Basically, into what it. happened was FIBA penalized Canada for not going to a tournament in the middle of a pandemic. Canada I read that. Did, what was the, what was the follow? Was there a follow in the last 24 hours? No, no. They were just fined a couple hundred thousand dollars, and you and I oh, haven't my. talked about it. They were right. deducted points, and Grange has kind of been on top of the story. So I thought it would be good to bring it up with Michael Grange because it's a joke. So just a money grab from an organization that needs money right now is basically what you're telling me. I don't even Feel, know if it's feels a money like grab. It. It's a couple hundred thousand dollars that, listen, Canada basketball doesn't make a ton of money. So that kind of hurts Canada basketball. 
And for FIBA, it's ridiculous to punish a country that didn't go somewhere during a pandemic because they felt for the health and safety of their players and their country. Like, get the bleep out of here. It's ridiculous. Is this the kind of move you think Tim would? Because initially, let's remember what was supposed to happen, right? The, qual- the last qualifier was going to be in Victoria mm-hmm. last summer. Is this is that is Victoria so far off the map? It's not even worth bringing up because I was going to ask you: does, Are this, the Olympics... does this jeopardize their chances of having the Victoria qualifier because of this move, or is, it, is that is doesn't matter when, anymore in your opinion? When Brian Burke joins us, we'll stop this conversation. But don't you think that the eighty percent of Tokyo residents in the latest poll do not want the Summer Olympics in Japan or their city? Well, that's, I mean, that, like this, what the civilians want is irrelevant to the business of that deal. <laughs> you know that. No, and I'm serious. Like, you know that, and I know I that. I don't know that. I don't know that. I know, I know why you really? say that. I, really? It, I know because really? FIBA is just a piece of the IOC, and the IOC might be the biggest the worst, joke of man. a corporation that, or whatever the hell it is, nonprofit, that we have ever seen. So I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> However, that's I think it's a nonprofit. A I think uh, really? IOC Guys, look is it up. listed it's, as it's a IOC, not-for-profit. That would be – I should know that, and I don't. And if that's true, that is the most corrupt thing I've ever seen in my life. It, is the IOC listed as a non, not-for-profit organization? The IOC no is a not-for-profit, independent, international organization made up Come of on. volunteers. Come on. Yeah, Volunteers. Yeah, they run all the Olympics while the five guys in the stands get paid by NBC. Yeah, I've seen those volunteers. My God, the Olympics are the worst. They're the worst. Um, you want to you hear something else? Please do. FIFA is a nonprofit organization which describes <laughs> itself. <laughs> the next thing you're going to tell me internet. is, is Amazon's a not-for-profit. <laughs> what did Bezo... What, like, do you know... I mean, it's... It's the billion-dollar question, but do you know what's going on with the Amazon thing? I know Burke's going to walk into this conversation halfway through and go, "What the?" I don't know why Bezos kind of stepped down. That's well, that's that's a perfect question. But Brian Burke now on the line. Obviously, we brought you on to talk uh, business with Brian Burke. Uh, Jeff Bezos stepping down. Any insight, Berkey? No. (laughs) Okay, I tried. Sorry, took a step. Uh, Brian Burke on. Do you know how much he's worth? No. I think it's one hundred thirty. Talk hockey on this show. It's 113 Maybe. million. Well, he's actually he's technically sponsoring the Kraken's new place, so technically we're kind of talking hockey with Jeff Bezos. Uh, <laughs> but let's but let's move 100, on, Berkey. 160 billion. 160 billion. I undersold him. Sorry about that. Good for Jeff. Maybe one day a break will go his way. Brian Burke joining us here on Tim and Sid. Uh, Berkey, first off, let's start where we ended the last block, and I and I saw the the, the quote today from Logan Couture, and Logan Couture uh, kind of. He made it known he is not he does not hate two game sets against the same team continuing past this season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open that up to a more general question to you. The two game sets, the three game sets. He he thinks it's way easier on travel. Is that an idea do you, that you think can live past this rather unique season? Yes, for divisional games. Here here's the problem. I saw I, I love Logan Couture as a player, and and I like listening to how, when he's interviewed. I like listening to him talk. And another player said the same thing. Um, realize a typical year, a, a guy goes into San Jose and plays San Jose, and then post game they charter to LA. 
Well, post game, you hustle out of there, you get on the plane, they do all their checks, you get down, you get in the hotel like one thirty in the morning. There's none of that when you play back to back. So even easy travel is a pain in the rear end. You know, Edmonton, Calgary. I think that plane is only in the air for about 22 minutes once it gets up. Like it doesn't go above about 10,000 feet. But that's still an hour of travel. Get on the bus, get on the plane, get off the plane, get on the bus, get to the hotel. It's still a pain. So you're wiping out all that travel, and you're saving a lot of money. And I think saving money is going to be just as important to the teams as anything else will in this post-pandemic world. No doubt. Especially when we don't know when we'll be out of it. Like I, I think a lot of us just assumed that 2021, 22 would be the end of it. But we're, I don't know that we're going to be out of it by then. Um, the other part of this unique season is the altered protocols that Sid and I were talking about in the opening segment of the show. And we heard from Andrew Kopp and Mark Shifley, among others, who didn't uh, like some of the new protocols, specifically the one on when the players could arrive in the arena, saying that they would um, they would argue about that. What's your reaction to the newest round of protocols? My reaction is, and Mark Shifley is a wonderful player, and I, I know what he's upset about. He probably gets to the rink three hours before the game. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of guys, it's really critical that they get there and do their preparation. But he's going to have to learn to do it another way. Like these protocols, they're not just made up. They're, they're, they have a direct impact on transmissibility of the, this virus in the arena. Fewer people in the arena early in the day, if make them come in later, you're going to downgrade the chance of transmission. Now, that person when he comes in has the same risk as whatever, but if he's in the arena for two hours less, that's a good thing. So to me, I'm not going to argue with any protocols that health officials say will improve the situation. I'm like, fine. You want to take the glass away behind the player's bench, improve uh, circulation of air? Great, do it. Do it tomorrow. Punch holes in it going forward if you have to. I mean, whatever the health officials say will make this safer. We all have to do it. Brian Burke here on Tim and Sid. But Burke, Burke, it's just just funny to me to see, and I'm with you. I'm a Shifley guy. I love Mark Shifley. And Andrew Kopp works hard. But I'm, I was kind of I was surprised to see the quotes considering that over the last 72 hours, we've seen three teams just have a week of their schedule wiped out. Uh, and obviously health is the most important thing, but I'm just and I'm, I'm looking at the schedule part of it, obviously. Like as a player league-wide, I just and we've seen it in the NFL, we've seen it in Major League Baseball. There are just some players who still can't big picture it. And I understand that to a certain extent, but how you can't do that this week? I found that very surprising. Well, here's here. I can't speak for Mark Shifley, but I think I, I know what he's thinking is, okay, so whatever risk of transmission I have, I carry it with me. I come into the rink. I've been tested. I'm being tested daily or every other day. I walk into the rink at 4 o'clock, and now you're telling me I can't come till 5.30. What's the difference? And in his mind and players' mind, because they love the routines. Players thrive on routine. Yeah. And, and it helps them perform. So I get it. But I think the answer is, whatever these people say we have to do to play, if, if you have to walk on your hands when you come in the rink, wouldn't we all walk on our hands if we could do it to play? Yep. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, Brian Burke joining us here on Tim and Sid. Um, the other the other thing out of Winnipeg has been Paul Maurice over the last couple of days. And I have found it thoroughly entertaining 
And for those who missed it yesterday, he basically was telling the story about the statistician who drowned in the river with an average depth of two feet. Um, Today, he was asked to explain a little further. And as per usual, he didn't disappoint. He kind of went through uh, the way they work hard at analytics, the way they work hard at applying those analytics. And then at the end said, and I quote, we should be a little bit more reserved in the strength of our opinions. What's your take on Paul Maurice defending Blake Wheeler and seemingly uh, hitting a few folks that believe heavily in analytics from the outside? Well, first off, I'll make full disclosure. I really like Paul Maurice. I consider him a friend. I've admired him since he came into the league. He says he admires how when he was a young coach, I had time for him. So I personally like him immensely. So start with a a disclaimer. I'm not going to give you a a balanced review of Paul Maurice in all likelihood. But what he did was brilliant, I think, because what happened was Blake Wheeler wasn't even the culprit on the goal that, that everyone was upset about. And Paul Maurice backed up his captain without even naming the player who, who actually was the culprit on that play. And so I thought it was brilliant because what happens is once you turn, and, and, and Blake Wheeler's American too, and once the media start picking on you for something, sometimes that snowball starts to gather steam and it gets bigger and it gets faster. And I think what he did was jump right in front of that snowball and say, no, we're not starting down that road. This kid's a really good player. He's a great kid. He's been really good for us. You're not focusing on the right things. I thought it was sheer genius. Do you, is that, do you find, Berkey, that was a Canadian media thing, the snowballing? Did you see that in American markets? Well, there's, there's a real undercurrent. I said this in my book, so there's a real undercurrent of anti-Americanism in Canada. And so when you're an athlete, if you're an American athlete and you want to perform, and people in Canada despise overpaid athletes. Forget if they're Canadian they don't care if they're from the moon. They despise overpaid athletes. So if they perceive an athlete's overpaid, they generally have a real hard time with that. That was part of the reason Phil Kessel was so unpopular here. People perceived him as underachieving, and he's American, and he makes a lot of money, and so they turned on him. And these are all, you know, the, the, the joy of working in a Canadian market, to me, uh, I've enjoyed it so much. But I, with the athletes, sometimes, you know, this, this to me is a guy who's done great things in a Winnipeg Jets uniform, who's a great kid, active in the community, and for them to start picking on him over one play, I don't get it. Don't you think that there is a little bit of, and, and this is just me examining, because I never thought about the American thing, and I was saying, I literally said to Sid, remember when Jeff Petrie couldn't play in Edmonton? And yep. he's, doing, he's doing okay he's in now. Montreal where's right he, now. Where's he, for, where's he from? American, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. Michigan. And, and so I was thinking in my – like, as you said that, I was like, I hadn't thought about it that way. But don't you think there's also um, – whatever happened with Evander Kane, whatever happened with Dustin Bufflin, whatever happened with Patrick Laine that he wanted out, that the Winnipeg fans want to pin on somebody, like – Something's happening in this room. Wheeler, who, I mean, I love him as a hockey player. I think a lot of people like him as a hockey player. That that maybe some of this is being pinned on him, too? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Uh, see, to me, and this is the beauty of working in Canada, why I love it so much, because the people care. And, yeah, they do want answers. And so this would be a non-event in Minnesota. 
but it's it's a full it's a front page news story in Winnipeg, and that's why that's what I love about working in Canada. But there, to me, this is a mountain that or a molehill that Paul Maurice wants to make sure doesn't turn into a mountain. I'm never I'm never against that. If you're a leader, if you're a coach, you're a GM, I don't care who you are. If you see something coming and you don't like it and you've been around the block a couple times, I am all for that. That's a smart yeah. move. Whether I agree with it yeah. or not, it's just a smart-ass move to get in front of it. And the ganging up I, I on players. I, I had Blake Wheeler in the U.S. program. He's played for me. So yeah. I had him in Sochi and I had him in one world championship. I know Blake Wheeler. Like, I know what he brings to a team. And he's one example. We would have our scouting meetings every year, and we'd give one example of a player who turned out to be a very different and better player than we thought he was this draft year. So when Blake Wheeler went to the University of Minnesota, he was soft skill. Soft skill, soft skill. He's not soft at all now. He's turned into a hard skill player, highly skilled, but brings some edge, brings some bite. He, and that's very rare. We used him as an example. He, he's the most improved player. If you go back to five or six years ago to now, he's the most improved player in the National Hockey League for me. <laughs> it's uh, the, the the ganging up on players is definitely um, something that happens and sometimes ridiculous. And you know, Leaf fans have done it a number of times to Canadian guys, to American guys. I mean, the most famous is Larry Murphy. Um, there are a ton of defensemen in every Canadian market that get chased out. the uh, The one last one I had for you, though was the healthy scratch of Sam Bennett tonight. Mm -hmm. Do you think he's played his last game in Calgary? You know, I tried to reach, I had to do a uh, record a podcast right before I came on with you guys. Mm -hmm. And I tried to reach Brad right before I started that. So I have not talked to him. This is typically what you do when you think you might have a deal pending. You're not going to risk the player getting hurt in their game. So this is very common. You think you're close to a deal. Uh, and you keep the player out. But I can't verify that for you. I tried to before. No one had come on. I wanted to know the answer to that. But uh, That's fine. You are forgiven, sir. You are forgiven. Uh, we need to run. Thanks for uh, – I know there was a tie line issue that's a little inside baseball for the technology we use. You jumped on the phone anyway, Berkey. We appreciate the time as always. Yeah, thanks. And enjoy, uh, enjoy the hockey tonight and the Super Bowl this weekend. Take care, man. Okay. Thanks, guys. There is uh, Minnesota's own Brian Burke joining us here. And Tim and Sid, he's honorary Canadian. Oh uh, yeah. Do you, the other thing, the other thing I thought of when he said that was like, how many American players are overly Canadian in the way they play the game? And I wonder if that has to do with the way they're treated in Canada, like the Kachucks, like that was Canada's game, right? <laughs> like the way they play the game, very For Canadian. Sure. For sure. You know Absolutely. what I mean? But it's just um, like in a Canadian market, you get loved in different ways. Like I'll never, right. I will never forget the Sedin's farewell ever. Yeah, ever. They didn't yeah. win a cup. Came damn close. Didn't win a cup. But you can, you can find your way into the heart of a Canadian hockey fan in very unique ways in this country. Yeah. And that's what I also love about the hockey fan in this country. It's they're they're open to it. They want right. to welcome you in. But the offshoot of that is kind of what we're seeing now. Yeah. And um, but I think, Tim, your point before we go, your point of, look, a lot of guys have left that room and some people want some answers, I think is valid. Yeah, I think it's valid because no one's and they'll really never get talking about, and they'll never they'll get it. Well, uh, might get leaked to some. You never know. Maybe yeah. you get some speculation. You'll never know. No. 
but you'll get some, you'll get some speculation. But I but I do understand that Winnipeg Jet fan as well, because I think that is a part of this, and it's not being brought up enough. And I'm glad you did, because Blake Wheeler's a point per game guy. What else is going on here? It's not just the minus nine. I think it's no. some of that as well, and I think yeah, it's a that's valid what, thing to bring up. That's yeah. what folks in Winnipeg are talking about. We'll continue this conversation. We'll also have Sam Acho and Michael Grange on this edition of Tim and Sid Sportsnet Radio and TV. Some real interesting responses to Brian Burke here on Tim and Sid. Munch, uh, Andrew from Montreal writes in and says, what about Russian players in Canada? From a Habs fan's perspective, they got treated differently and harsher. It was very interesting to see. Um, Sean wrote in and said, listening to Berkey about American players, all that came to mind was Ryan Kessler, backbone of the team for years and basically got run out by fans. Also an American player. Uh, Finnegan wrote in and said the other side of it, best example of Canadian hockey fans loving hockey. How about Chara's standing ovation in Montreal for his 1500th game? It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Honestly, that's one of the, but, but in, in, uh, at the same time, one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. That kind of reaction, like that kind of respect. Crazy, crazy respect for someone you hate. (laughs) Like basically. uh, And, Motown, who's uh, been a longtime listener of this show, uh, who is from Winnipeg, said the Blake Wheeler criticism here is coming from a very loud, vocal minority. He hasn't been great, but a slow start is not unusual for any player. And 90 percent of Jets fans get it. The captain will be fine. I think he'll be fine, too. I think. I, I, I think I also think, Tim, what Paul Maurice is doing in there is this isn't. We're not in a normal state of play where you can go do something and ignore the noise. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you're in your room, not much to do. You're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna have someone send you a tweet. Where normally you'd go to the golf course or someplace. Watching Tim and Sid. Watch obviously hi Blake. He always does. He's yeah. watching Tim and Sid. Like you're going. I think your odds of hearing that kind of stuff are definitely increased now than a year and a half ago. So I think that's a that's at play as well. And and again, the stat line is weird for Blake Wheeler. He's a minus nine, 11 points in 10 games. It's a strange stat line. But keep in mind, Sam Bennett's sitting tonight. He has a point in nine games, minus five. Like, that's a guy who struggled, okay? And there's a reason why there, there's, there's a lot of discussion around Sam Bennett. The Blake Wheeler thing, I, they're third in the division. Um, a minus nine is not great. And when it's your captain, when all captains are going to get talked about, Tim. You, you know that, and I know that. You put on a C in this country, it's different. It is different. But I do think he'll be okay. <laughs> I do think he'll be. I think it's a I, story. I think it's worth bringing up, but I think he's going to be fine. I also do think, and, and maybe I'm talking to the wrong guy, but when, and we don't have time to play the entire clip, but I'd love to. But when Paul Maurice says, we do all of this work, we spend our entire lives looking at the analytics, breaking down what they mean, trying to understand them at the highest level possible, and then concludes with, we should be a little bit more reserved in the strength of our opinion. Like 2021 to the max and Kind of, sort of, at least in my mind, right? Like, you don't yeah. know what he's being asked to do. 
and there are people who bang their f- bang harder, boy. Shake shake your fist harder, boy. There's people who bang their fist, yell and scream like they think they know what's going on, and he knows better because they spend the time on it. And they're third in the division. Like if they're second last, Tim, yeah. this is a different discussion, right? This Might is be, a whole yeah. different thing. But I think he's. I think he knows he has some cachet, and if he wants to defend his guy, go defend him. Because it's been a weird year for the for the Jets, right? Some strange things have happened. Yet they're still third. They're right there. Two they're years. Done. Weird couple <laughs> years. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Michael Grange on Bobby Webster's new deal as general manager of the Toronto Raptors. And coming up next, Sam Acho, an executive member of the Players Committee in the National Football League. He will join us to discuss Roger Goodell's State of the Union and, oh, yeah, Super Bowl coming up this weekend. And next, Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Time for Tim and Sid. 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 It's time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Final hour, too sweet to be sour. Timothy and Sydney until February 26th, a Friday, will be Sid Sixero's final show here on Tim and Sid, and we will soldier on somehow, some way, without our boy Sixero. Is it feeling like it's getting closer and closer? With with um, maybe you have a similar feeling. Uh, with each, with with every Zoom call that gets added to the schedule, yes, because um, I feel like it's increasing in velocity. So it's, it's we're still like technically how many weeks left, Tim? What is this? We got three weeks after after this week. Why is my math this bad? Uh, do the math and then it's three, almost four. Carry the one. Yes, yeah. three. After Bill this Brad, week, yeah. After this week, um, it's it does it feels the same because we're we're doing the show. I got to be honest. It will. I don't know. It's a beast. Well, <laughs> and it's, it's an two animal. hours. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, five days I, a I was, week. I was trying to say. I was trying to pick pick out the kind words to say. I'm so damn busy. I don't have time to think about it. But thank you, Tim, for filling in the gaps for me. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be. This will be. It'll be weird, man. It'll be strange. It'll be strange. But we're uh, we're we're soldiering on here. We're enjoying it. We're glad you're with us here on on TV and radio and podcast and all the avenues you can listen and watch us. And uh, we appreciate you as we always do. Uh, Eight games in the NHL tonight because three of them have been postponed. Uh, Three in the Scotia North, which has not been touched, thankfully, as of yet by COVID the way we're seeing it in the United States. Sabres, Islanders postponed. Devils, Penguins postponed. While Avalanche postponed. Uh, Sens and Canadians, Canucks, Leafs, Flames and Jets are the three in the Scotiabank North division. As for the uh, Toronto Raptors, they are off until Brooklyn tomorrow. Michael Grange will join us. And I, I believe the Brooklyn matchup may get Raptor fans talking about what the immediate and long-term future of the Toronto Raptors will be, especially now that they know they have a GM in place in Bobby Webster. Bobby Webster signed today. It's done. Uh, he will be part of the Raptors for the foreseeable future. Um a plethora of teams had reached out. A plethora of teams had inquired about the availability of one Bobby Webster. The Raptors did not, specifically MLSE, 
did not want him to leave. So uh, Bobby gets his due. Still not sure exactly when this was consummated, McAuliffe, because you, you heard things over the last couple of weeks that, oh, it's been done for a while. Uh, you know, Bobby's staying, this and... So well, maybe we'll get some uh, some clarity on that from Michael Grange a little later on here on Tim and Sid. But this is, I, and you want this to be Bobby's day because he's that talented. But nobody can help drift into the next lane in terms of what the other part of this story is. And yeah. the one guy still out, Nick Nurse got his extension. Uh, Freddie Van Vliet got his. Bobby Webster got his. What about Masai? What about Masai Ujiri, who is still in the last year of his deal? Mm-hmm. And as we sit here, Tim, you know, speculation every four or five days or so, you see a little nugget somewhere on the internet regarding what is next for Masai. And I think we're getting to the point, and maybe you disagree, and maybe Michael Grange will disagree, but are we not getting to the point where if you're MLSE, like something has to happen here? Like, how, how long are you going to let this sit? How long are you going to give the impression to other organizations that it's Cleveland, that, that Cleveland, that's LA Clippers tampering time? Like, how long do you let that go? Unless there's a lot going on behind the scenes that I'm not aware of, and that's happened plenty of times before. But, you know, this organization knows what it's like to be, to be picked away at by vultures. Yeah. And this is one of the biggest fish out there in Maasai for a lot of reasons. So am I wrong in thinking, you know what? Maybe maybe we're getting to the point where now's the time. Maybe we're getting to the point where you need a yes or a no from Masai. Am I wrong in saying that? I just it's such a it's such a delicate balance in the NBA that I wouldn't mess with that by getting like if you think that it might be forcing him into a no, you do not mess with that in my mind. But I also think we'll know. Once you start hearing rumors and innuendo about Masai Ujiri one way or another, I, I think the silence is good for Toronto Raptor fans. I think everyone knows what they want here, and I think that this silence is good. But if you start hearing things in the media to the contrary, that's when you start getting worried. Well, Whether Tim, that's, good or bad. that's my point. But that's my point. Because within the last week, you've seen from Bleacher Report... One. That Washington, but that was not going away. Yeah. That the Washington Wizards and Ted Leonsis are serious. By the way, that report was followed about 24 hours later by a report, Tim. You don't see anymore from from top I mean, flight scorers in this league who are on bad teams that Bradley Beal is not looking to get traded. That one I found more interesting than the Ted Leonsis one. Why would no, Bradley I, Beal in this situation say I'm good? I don't think that has anything to do with who the president of a team is. Like, you, you've said this before to me. Masai like is that respected, player, though. Masai that, is that respected, where he can I keep a dude. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Many, and the nine same times thing out about Shapiro right. when it came to Blue Jays signing and whether or not they needed to see that Shapiro was staying. And I don't, I don't know that they look at that. I mean, even when George Springer came on, he was like, ah, I didn't really look at the team until – after I came back because yeah, I wasn't until they, added, play... and, until they also had another year at 25 mil. To <laughs> right, it. Right, Let's be honest, right? Right. That's so played out. Um, I'll, I'll just say this. I, what, what I mean by the rumors is from the Toronto side, good or bad. If you start right. hearing it from Toronto, good or bad, a Messiah Jr. Like we're going to need to see something. That's a bad sign. Or there are rumors that Messiah is going to sign. 
that's a bad sign to me. You just want it to appear like Bobby Webster. Because Bobby Webster has been rumored for a while. Like, how long ago were we like... Well, there were whispers it was done for a while, too. Like, it just got announced today. It doesn't mean it was done today, like, obviously. Right. So, yeah, like, maybe. hopefully it's that, Tim. I'm with you. Hopefully it's that. But if you start hearing things on the other side, as you suggested, that's a different story. So we'll, 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 we'll park this, and we'll bring it up again with Michael Grange coming up a little later on here on Tim and Sue. Speaking of rumors, uh, Trevor Bauer apparently getting close to a deal with the Mets. At least that's what some people want you to believe out there. Uh, we'll keep our eye on that. But also, it's Super Bowl week, and NFL uh, PA executive member Sam Atchell will join us super, uh, shortly. We are just three sleeps away from Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. She's looking to become the first back-to-back winner since, guess who, Tom Brady and the Patriots in 2004. Everyone knows Travis Kelsey has been an unbelievable part of the Chiefs offense. He led the NFL in receiving yards this year. What you may not know is Kelsey's CFL link. Arash Madani has that story. Once upon a time, they were just college roommates. We did our fair share of missing classes to sit there and play NBA 2K. Wayne Gretzky on on Nintendo 64 um, probably walked to Chipotle every day to eat for a $6.50 burrito bowl. Now Zach Kalaros is a Grey Cup champion. His pal from those video game duels is in search of his second Lombardi trophy on Sunday. To see how it's all worked itself out. Shoot, he's like an A-list celebrity now. It's hilarious. It's, it's so funny to see what he's doing now. When you've been tight with someone from the jump and you see them become what Travis Kelsey has, how can you not chuckle? He's now a pitch man. Oh, Travis Kelsey's got the moves. Sir? Your order. Sir? Oh. Your order. Awesome. Star in multiple reality TV shows. Travis is my dream guy, and to be so close to like having a taste of perfection is something that I've always wanted. And just last January, after winning the AFC title game with his closest friends in the house for it, Travis Kelsey wasn't shy to be Travis Kelsey. funny yeah i mean we were probably like 40 of us crammed into his little suite there it's like a 15 person limit we were all in there jammed in there just kind of waiting to see what he was going to say on camera it was just hilarious you know everybody just belly laughed when he did it and we made our way down the field and we're able to hang out with him there he's very good at uh his delivery and really really hitting it you know at the right time which he has continued to do on the field from the days he and Caleros were a connection at the University of Cincinnati to now, when Mahomes to Kelsey has become one of the most lethal hookups in the game. End zone, Kelsey, wow. touchdown! Wow. That was tremendous. He's probably one of the best I've seen since I've been coaching. This is probably my 20th year in the league right now. And you just, you, you know, other than him playing against you, you marvel at watching him play because if there's a big play to be had, you know, somehow he finds a way to get open. He does, and Kelsey has emerged as an impossible mismatch. Already among tight ends in NFL playoff history, Kelsey's number two all-time in catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns. There's Kelsey at the 10, leaps, and he flies in for the touchdown! You gotta have that confidence. You gotta have that, 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 that beast mentality that I cannot be stopped. 
I'm here and I'm playing this game to be the best, the best that I can be, and uh, to be the best that I can be for my team um, on every single play. And uh, with that, it comes with um, holding yourself to a high standard. Now, showman aside and all pro talent notwithstanding, there's a side to Kelsey that Caleros knows all too well about. You know, we spent a lot of time at the Ronald McDonald House uh, there in Cincinnati, did a lot of work with them. With them. Kids always gravitated to Travis, and he was always, uh, you know, adamant about, you know, volunteering for those kind of things. He's all about trying to, you know, give back to the community and, and you know, really help facilitate opportunities for kids that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, aren't getting those opportunities um, you know, just by happenstance. Kelsey, not surprisingly, a finalist for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award that gets handed out later this Super Bowl week. Now, as for Caleros and his former roommate, they remain close. Travis was in the house for Zach and Nicole's wedding here in Toronto back in 2019. They're on the same group chats, and now on Sundays in the Caleros home, everyone rocks a KC toque. Both champions, both have come a long way from video games and burrito bowls on the couch. That was the person who used to be a Rashmadani and has disappeared. I hardly recognize him. Thank he doesn't you, get Rashmadani. the burrito bowls anymore. No, good for him. No. Good for him. <laughs> um, there, there'll, be, there'll be a few bowls of snacks this Sunday. It is Super Bowl 55. Sam Acho, NFL PA Executive Committee member and lover of football, joining us here on Tim and Sit. Sam, it, it's great to talk to you. We're coming off a Travis Kelsey feature there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there first off. Is that the greatest tight end you've ever seen? Oh, great question. Short answer, no, he's not. Gronk is. Gronk, Rob Gronkowski is. And, and that's not to not Travis Kelsey, right? Like, Travis Kelsey is phenomenal, and he fits really well in the Kansas City scheme, right? Like, they have a lot of weapons. He's phenomenal. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. But Rob Gronkowski, I personally believe, after playing against him time and time again, changed the game for what it looks like to be a tight end. He's big, right, 6'5", 240, 50, and obviously he's gone down a little bit after retiring for a bit. He's strong. He's going to out-leverage linebackers, uh, safeties, uh, but he's also fast. Like, he's not, like, fast, like, going to outrun you, but he's actually, like, smooth and quick, and, and, like, he's like a machine. And so, for me, Rob Gronkowski is that dude. That's interesting. So, if you... I mean, I guess it's different now, uh, the current edition of Rob, Rob Gronkowski versus the Patriots edition of Rob Gronkowski. But if you were game planning for the Super Bowl, Sam, and you're, you're playing outside linebacker for either one of these teams, outside of the quarterbacks, where does the game plan flow in your mind the most? Who, what, who's the playmaker if Sam Acho's in there with the D.C. saying we need to stop blank? Absolutely. Well, if you're Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay, and I know this because I played with Todd Bowles last year in Tampa Bay when I played for the Buccaneers and in 2013 and 14, if you're Todd Bowles in, in Tampa Bay's defense, you have to start and stop with Tyreek Hill. I know it sounds crazy because you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Travis Kelsey, and you got McCall Hardman, uh, but, but, but Tyreek Hill, I mean, put it this way, if y'all remember the game a couple in, in the season, where he had 200 yards, 200 receiving yards in the first quarter against Tampa Bay, right? Like Tyreek Hill. Yeah, week 12. Incredible. Week 12. Tyreek Hill is the game changer. And so it's almost impossible. You need a lot, two guys to him, number one. You need to hit him on line. If I'm an outside linebacker 
and he's lined up at number three, as some people would say, which is not the outside receiver, not the second, but the third, closest to the line. You got to hit him at the line of scrimmage, get him off of his, his route in his rhythm, understand he's going to make plays because that's who he is, but you can't let him beat you. You have to hopefully try to make somebody else beat you. Problem with that, as we all know, you shut down Tyreek Hill, they got Travis Kelsey. You shut down Travis Kelsey, they got McCall Hardman. You shut down McCall Hardman, they got Clyde Edward Delaire. They have so, and then you do all that, then Mahomes is running. So there's so many weapons. But I believe if you want to beat Kansas City, you got to start with Tyreek Hill. Considering your role as a PA executive committee member, if I ask you for a prediction, are you allowed to give me one? <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm not betting on games, even though betting is legal now in a lot of in a lot of places. Not betting on games. Yeah. So my prediction, that sounds like you're asking. My prediction, it's Tampa Bay, and I'm going with my heart, and I'm on this one. Um, you can't bet against the GOAT. Tom Brady's been in 18% of all Super Bowls. Tom Brady has six rings. How You can never go against the GOAT. That's number one, Tom Brady. Number two, Todd Bowles in this defense. I understand Patrick Mahomes. I understand Week 12. I understand all these things. But Todd Bowles is a defensive genius. He literally stands on the sideline and calls out the plays before they happen. Guys will be in the position to make plays. Number two, Todd Bowles. Number three, I know what it's like in that locker room. I know what those guys are talking about. B.A. is not putting extra pressure on his players. Neither is Andy Reid. Neither, so, I, so I get that. But I just feel like you got the combination of Todd Bowles on the defense, Tom Brady on the offense, and then Bruce Arians is the head coach saying, hey, guys, let's go win it, right? No risk it, no biscuit. Sam Acho joining us here on Tim and Sid. Uh, love the finishing line there. So I'm going to move on to Roger Goodell's annual State of the Union today. And uh, – we here on the show, like our group chat, we were talking about how great it is that three of the four coordinators in this game are minorities, including uh, Todd Bowles. And, and Bruce Arians has made it a priority on his team. He's got two female coaches on his staff as well. And yet, Eric Bieniemy still doesn't get a shot. Does, does something need to be done? Or do we have to have faith that the progress will build from the bottom up, even if it's not as quick as we thought it would be? Something needs to be done. 18 years ago in 2003, the Rooney Rule was put in place, right? This rule that said, man, there's an issue with race in coaching. For whatever reason, African-American coaches aren't getting a fair chance. Statistically speaking, they African-American coaches, black head coaches, had better records than their white counterparts. They averaged one, over, 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 what, it was 1.3 or 1.2 more wins than their white counterpart, yet they were still getting fired. Also, statistically speaking, they weren't getting rehired at the same rate as their white counterparts. There were three black head coaches in 2003. And so they said, let's come up with this rule, this Rooney rule. Let's help change it. Let's get them interviews and get black coaches opportunities and all these things. And 2020, 2021, there are now three black head coaches. You see, there's a problem. And no, the number hasn't stayed the same. It actually fluctuated two years after the Rooney rule was put in place to really three years of the 2006 season. There was there were seven, eight black coaches in the NFL, and two of them coached against each other in the Super Bowl, Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith in that 06 season, right? You saw this huge yeah. uptick of black coaches and them going in championships and Super Bowls, and all of a sudden, a few years later, the number went lower down again to now where it is at three again. And so I think something needs to be done. Owners are the ones who decide who's hired and who's fired. And so you need uh, some type of diversity when it comes to those owners at the ownership table making these decisions on who are, who's going to be on leading your team from a general manager perspective and from a head coach. Sam Acho, NFLPA Executive Committee 
member here on Tim and Sid. Let's talk about the timing of hiring coaches, Sam, because you know Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, Eric Bieniemy, they're all preparing to fight for Lombardi this week. And you have the Detroit Lions hiring a guy who eats kneecaps <laughs> as a head coach. <laughs> Do, are, have, have we not reached the point where, and I know it might not be fair to a lot of teams, but when your team's won two games, I don't care what's fair for you. Figure it out. Have we reached a point where a moratorium needs to be put in place by the NFL in terms of hiring coaches yeah. until the Super Bowl is done? Are we there? Well, you could make that argument. I don't believe we're there, and because I, I just because I believe the argument is, is based off of, of falsehoods, right? Like, like we could make that argument, but last year there weren't black head coaches coaching in the Super Bowl. The year before there weren't. The year before there, there weren't. So it's That's not. Right. It's Eric, the, the reason that Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a, a head coaching job right now isn't because he's preparing for a Super Bowl, right? That's not the reason. The reason that Todd Bowles doesn't, doesn't have a head coaching job right now isn't because we're preparing for the. He's preparing for the Super Bowl. We could. We could add the moratorium and, and make a change. I don't think that would make any difference at all when it comes to hiring black coaches. I think that, I think there's a ton of, uh, of nepotism, cronyism, hiring your friends, hiring your family sure. members. Hey, let my yeah. son in the door. That's keeping uh, qualified candidates from getting a job. I believe that obviously you talk about um, implicit bias that some people don't even know that people don't even know they have by the name implicit. I don't, I don't know. I have it. You talk about um, some of these ideas of just, going with people you're comfortable with, right? That's usually what happens. I hire my friend. Look at so many teams I've played for. Coaches just hire their friends, even if they're not qualified, because you trust them, you know them, you feel like they're going to kind of be in your corner. And so I think what needs to happen, there needs to be some type of training, right? Bias training for owners, right? I understand you send these meetings. It's like, okay, but that needs to happen, right? There needs to be, um, you, you could talk about limits and quotas and all those things, but there needs to be the training, and there needs to be a bigger pipeline opportunity for black coaches to get jobs, right? And maybe that maybe that's where you kind of put in this minimum. There's so many quality control jobs, the lowest job yeah. on the totem pole, but the way that gets you in the door to say, okay, every team, every team in the NFL usually has two quality control coaches every year, right? One of them needs to be a minority, right? That's a simple yeah. fix, a simple opportunity. Um, those are ways. And then, and then lastly, uh, there's a piece of oftentimes coaches, if you want to get hired to a higher position or an equal position, you would be blocked. You could be blocked by your team. Let's say I'm the defensive uh, coordinator for the bears. And I wanted to go be defensive coordinator for the Packers. The bears could actually block me from doing it, doing that in the past. Right now they've kind of changed those rules, but all those blocks and power by the team, all that needs to be um, over and done with. Yeah, this is actually the anniversary of Tony Dungy becoming this day in history, 2007, uh, on this February 4th. Tony Dungy became the first black head coach to win the Super Bowl. I covered it against Lovey Smith, and the best part, too, was that Ron Rivera was the defensive coordinator that was just about to get hired from Lovey Smith. Because, and it seemed like this was the step in the right direction, yet here we are. Uh, you know, 14 years later, talking about the same things. Uh, Sam, I, I appreciate your 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 perspective on that. I want to get your perspective on one more thing before we go. Can you answer me how Tom Brady looks younger at 43 than he did at the draft combine almost 21 years ago? I was I was looking at video of him talking yesterday, and I was like, this dude looks better at 43 than he did at 22 as a draft-eligible player. 
Well, uh, he's taking care of his body better, I can imagine. Probably sleeping better. Probably some more facials and manicures and pedicures and all these massages. So he's got, you know, he's making sure he looks good and feels good uh, all the time. Um, Sam, we appreciate the time here, as as always. Uh, I feel like we can go an hour with you most shows. I'd love to do that one day. If you could, could you give us some time one 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 day in the future here? Because every time you come on, it's like, damn. I need more Sam in my life. So if, if you want to, if you want to do that down the line, I'd love to. Absolutely, absolutely, I'd love that. Enjoy Appreciate it, Bowl, Sam. Sir. Yeah, enjoy it. Awesome, thanks. There is Sam Acho as we awkwardly attempt to say goodbye at the same time because we're working on a delay from our basement, for which I apologize once again. Can we throw the pictures up again? That was pretty good, McAllister. <laughs> Old Tom Brady. And new Tom Brady. Does he not look like he is younger now than he was tw- 21 years ago? Like, I'm a ra- I'm 45. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 45. Tom Brady's 43. Like, I can't. I'm jealous at how little he is aged versus <laughs> the dude that stood in his draws at the draft combine in 2000. The guy in his underwear, like. If I told you six Super Bowls, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but he's, he's pulling the Benjamin Button here, man. He's going the other way. Like, he looks, he looks drunk at the combine, if I'm being I'm, – I'm, try, I'm trying to come up with the actual description. It looks of like I'm a mugshot. Honestly, like a he, mug looks, he, he looks like he just got, like, arrested for going in the wrong house at 3 a.m. Like, that's, that's what he looks like. He looked like he was running with Will Ferrell down the street when his wife pulled up in the Jeep and he said, hey, honey, you think KFC's still open? <laughs> he, looks he, looks like he, like. he looks like he just arrived at Shawshank. <laughs> and he's ready to get hosed down. Like, that's, what he, that's what he looks like. And then the guy, like the other guy. Spread him. He looks like, yeah. Good, by the way, great. Um, my wife won't watch Shawshank front to back because she's seen bits and pieces of it and thinks she's got it. She thinks she has the gist of it. And I'm I'm fighting this fight constantly. I'm like, you have to. That's one of the greatest movies of all time. you got to watch it front to back. She will not do it. It's frustrating as hell. I understand that. It is one of the greatest movies of all time. One of my favorites of all time. One of your favorites of all time. One of the all-time. Top two movie of all time. Next to Never Been Kissed. (laughs) Hockey Central coming your way. It's Carolyn Cameron, Justin Bourne, Mike Fuda. Uh, That's coming your way on Sportsnet. We continue on Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590, the fan, as we always do for the final half hour. Coming up next, Michael Grange is going to join us. The Toronto Raptors have given a contract extension to their general manager, which has led to, yeah, that's awesome. What about their president? We'll discuss that and a key matchup with the Brooklyn Nets that has a lot of people wondering What's in store for the Raptors the rest of this season? How do they match up against the super team? We'll do it next right here on Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Tim and Sid on Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590, the fan. Also on 590, the fan, Canucks and Leafs, first of a three-game set between the two. If you're on TV, you can see it's Sportsnet Pacific, NHL Live, Super Sports Back, all those other avenues in which you can see a game uh, that is regionally covered by one or two of the networks here in Canada. Flames and Jets also on 
Uh, Stars and Blue Jackets is on East and Ontario if you want to see that. Uh, Trailblazers 76ers on Sportsnet 1. Raptors do not play tomorrow, but they do play, excuse me, they do not play today, but they do play tomorrow. Big game, Brooklyn. Uh, Vancouver Leafs, the Manny Malhotra Derby. Yes. Plenty, lots of talk about Manny Malhotra, current assistant with the Leafs, formerly assistant and player, obviously, with the Vancouver Canucks, who overcame a bad injury to come back for a little bit. He's seen a lot in his career. Um, they are loving him as an assistant with the league. You, you have to wonder, Timmy, because the Canucks are struggling anyway, right? Like, it's not, I don't mean to gang up on the Canucks. The Canucks are trying to find it. But you got three straight games here if you're the Leafs against the Vancouver Canucks. They're not playing great. You got Manny Malhotra behind that bench. He knows that team really well. It's, it doesn't, the optics don't look great for how many of the possible six points are on the line yeah. here in your swing through Scotiabank Arena. I could be wrong, man. Things, things happen all the time. Demko could be lights out. Things happen all the time. But uh, it seems like the deck is a little stacked against the Vancouver Canucks over the next week as, or so. As if the optics of Tyler Toffoli absolutely tearing you apart weren't bad enough. You're right. Uh, oh getting God. a tweet from Chris Johnson, who says the Maple Leafs have introduced uh, COVID-19 rapid antigen testing for everyone entering the arena on game nights. Smooth process, another layer to the health and safety protocols. You wonder if the players aren't involved in that. Because you, to this point... I would hope. It, I would hope. To this point, yeah. we didn't see that. But the Leafs are introducing it for anyone entering the building. Uh, they don't want anyone breathing in there that's hasn't had... No. Uh, a negative test. I'd be more worried about that media pool. Get them tested. Seriously. Well, that's what, it, I, that's what it's for. Oh, I thought it was for the players. That's too, what appears, me. though. Yeah, no, I oh, think it okay. appears right. so anyone entering, Good move. including media. Good move. Good move. Good point. Um, I love me some media. Michael Grange is in the media. He does a terrific job joining us here on Tim and Sid. Mr. Grange, how are things? How you doing? I've been tested uh, every time I've gone to Scotiabank Arena so far. So, so the, so the yeah. timeline on that from front to back is what, Mike? Enlighten in, in us, because I, I haven't been through that. Um, so initially, everyone who went into Scotiabank Arena, and this was true of the hockey side, but I was there for obviously basketball broadcasts, uh, would have to uh, have a test done. They were the, the swab test, not the deep in your brain test, but the more surfacey ones. And then I think there was a 24-hour turnaround there. And then just last week, they changed it so that it was uh, it's still a swab, but it's a, it's an antigen test, I guess, to get the results in about 15 minutes or 20 minutes, apparently. Nice. So, yeah. So, nice. yeah. So, I think uh, they don't want anyone spreading cooties on anyone. No. Understood. And all, those, all those greasy reporters breathing on <laughs> anyone. <laughs> or on an elevator button or anything. I yeah. got you. Uh, Michael Grange joining us here on Tim and Sid. Uh, Sid and I had a conversation with the guy who kind of made it fun, but Tuesday was fun to be a Raptors fan, media member, broadcaster. Like it was just, it seemed like a lot of fun, no? Oh, it was a jolt. It was, um, yeah. you know, it's been a, I'm not certainly not going to say it's been a dark season, but it's been a, you know, it has been a great season from a winning point of view. There's been a lot of heaviness around everything, you know, sports, no exception. And, you know, that just, it kind of came out of the blue a little bit. And, and then I think, I, I can't really think of anyone on the Raptors who, if they had a night like that, you, you couldn't help but be happy for them. I mean, they are a pretty special group of, of players. But I think Fred in particular, as I wrote and I said, I mean, if you can't embrace uh, Fred Van Vliet and what he's been able to do and what he did 
you know, that signature moment he had. I'm not, I don't even be being facetious. I mean, I would kind of wonder what you get excited about in sports. There's not that, right? Yeah. So, um, do you, know, you have a pulse if you didn't get excited over that? Well, I heard. I'd, I'd be curious. Like, Are what, you a what, douchebag? What, that doesn't turn your crank. Like, what does? I, 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 I'm not sure. I'd be curious. Maybe you're a big A-Rod fan. I'm not sure. Getting the ball on the block. Good fundamental basketball, Grange. That's what gets me going. Not this 54-point yeah. video fans. game stuff. All the Barry Bond fans out there looking for <laughs> yeah. oh, This is boring. But anyway, Mike, to your, no, but to cool. your point. Happy. Good, good news for Fred. It was fun. The fun part of the sure. broadcast. Yeah, it was awesome to see the way his teammates responded to it, and uh, it's just a shame, you know, that it, uh, same with when Kyle got his ten thousand points. Like, um, you know, those are moments that that need a crowd, right? They make it that much better. Absolutely, and and you you just I was going to ask you about that reaction, but you hit on it because your your term the heaviness of it, like that sums it up to me. Like they've they've had a job to do, they have done it in weird weird circumstances, and just to see that that explosion of joy almost take out the open gym cameras. Uh, it was it was cool to see. It was cool to see. I asked Fred, and he was kind of, he, he didn't really know what role it would play, but my last question regarding this, what does that do to the team going forward, that burst of energy? Does it do anything? It can't, it can't hurt. Um, you know, it was interesting. I'm sure Fred might have shared that with, that with you as well. But we overlook it a little bit, but because of the protocols, um, you know, the, the team has to live under uh, both when they're at work, but also now the expectations when they're away from work. It's difficult for them to act as a team, you know, and even though they're in Tampa, and as far as I know, Tampa's pretty wide open, uh, they can't really engage in, 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 and do things that, you know, just be together as a group in a fun, casual way. And, and uh, uh, those, the, so I think it's a little bit hard to kind of build that spirit and, and have those fun moments. And so it kind of turns, uh, look, pro sports is a job. I mean, it is a business, but I think the key to, to making it, um, you know, a part of that, the, the success is, is making it fun, making it a family, making it where it's, you know, the, the kind, of, kind of grind of it doesn't wear you down. And part of that is being, you know, sharing it with people. And I think to the extent that what we're all going through makes that difficult, that moment, um, you know, was was a relief from that. And, uh, and as I said, I, I think it'd be a bit much to say that's a launching point pattern for any, for anything going forward, but, but it can't hurt. And, uh, you know, why not enjoy, um, what sports are meant to be for? Yeah. I'm so glad Jamal McGlure had the camera rolling so that we could all see that yeah. kind of moment. Thanks, Jamal. Shout out to Big Cat. Yeah, Shout out big to Big Cat. Cat. Big Cat got it done. Shout out to St. Timothy's. Um, all right. <laughs> so Bobby Webster gets his, uh, that was my rival grade school. And Jamal went to St. Timothy. So, like, if anyone was if anyone was wondering, he was like two years younger than me. And then yeah, yeah. And then he uh, Courtney Dennis was the dude that ran it at. Uh, I'll never forget Courtney Dennis who ran it at St. Timothy's. No one was afraid of Jamal because Courtney Dennis was there. There's always um, one other guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll say this though. This this. This Bobby Webster signing is so interesting to me um, because a lot of people say, well, there, good. That, that's done. That's done. But there's the immediate but Maasai. How, like, how do you look at the official news that Bobby gets his contract? 
probably not that differently than you do, Tim. Um, yeah. You know, I think on one level, it's, uh, you know, it wasn't a surprise. Like, it's been telegraphed. Messiah said as much back at training camp. It was nearly done and, and all of that. Why, you know, the exact timing of it, we're not clear. But, um, you know, I think there's, like I said, there's two different ways to look at it. One is this is just, you know, a leader on the side, just making sure that all his guys are taken care of. And it sounds a little crass, right? But you're in an environment where there's a lot of reasons. I'm not going to call them excuses. And we've seen it in our industry already. There's a lot of reasons to tighten up, pull back, be conservative. And I think, you know, by by keeping himself out there as still a pending free agent, it's a little bit analogous to say what LeBron James has done with his organizations over the years. It keeps the pressure on. It makes sure that, you know, so you make sure that ever Nick Nurse gets the contract he des- he he needs or deserves. You got to make sure Bobby Webster gets what he needs. You make sure the sports medical people and the basketball operations people are taken care of. And there's not, you know, where if you go in reverse and the size size and Listen, like it, it, it would be there'd be a lot of, as I said, I'm not going to call them excuses, but reasons for the companies that own uh, the Leafs and to or the Raptors, we send the Raptors to kind of just pull back around the edges. So that's one element of it. I think it does keep some pressure on the organization. I think um, it could also be succession planning, right? Like, I mean, if he does decide there's another opportunity for him that's beyond what's, what he has here. You know, he can leave in good conscience. The place is, is, is better than when he found it, and all his key people are in place, and, and you're not kind of running the risk from MLC's point of view of, of, a, of a jailbreak, right, and of the organization being left in, in, uh, in smoking. So I think, you know, you can interpret either way. This is either a precursor to Masai getting his deal done, you know, the last domino, or it's it's the last thread that's been tied up. Michael Grange of Sportsnet here on Tim and Sid. Um, <laughs> that's, those are two significant, for, for Raptor fans, those are two significant options for that. Well, let's, but let's, okay, let's focus on Raptor fans here for a second, Mike. At what point, if you're a Raptor fan, would you say is the time to be worried? Or have we already crossed that threshold? I don't think, I don't think worry does you any good. You know, I, I think, um, you know, we talked uh, when I wrote that big feature, deep dive into this issue back in December, and I can say with a certain degree of confidence that nothing has changed since then. Like there haven't been meaningful conversations between ownership and the side jury about his future. Um, the, the ownership still quite obviously would be eager to get a deal done any time. It's the side who's kind of kept it at a distance for now. And, um, I just don't think that there's a ton to read into that other than what we know is he's, you know, he understands his value, understands his leverage, and he wants to make sure when that, that if, he, if and when he does sign here, it's the best opportunity for him. And the best way to do that is, you know, the longer time you take to do that, the more opportunities, the more of the landscape you get to see. Um, so I, I think that's what is good. I think that's what's going to happen. I could be wrong. It could change next week. There could be a big press, press conference. But, um, you know, I think I would bet that there's probably going to be a short-term deal. I think it'll be a deal that's kind of going to hinge on flexibility that would give the side of the jury the opportunity to 
you know, I don't think he's going to be signing a 10-year deal here in Toronto. I think he wants to be able to have some flexibility in his career. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think the time to be worried was two years ago. Like, I don't think anything's changed in the past two years or 18 months. I agree with you. Um, the only follow I have on that is Brooklyn tomorrow will have a lot of Raptor fans discussing kind of the long-term future of the Raptors. Uh, just because of what they've been able to do over the last little while and what they're turning into, what they may be. And I've been reading a lot of folks, basically the entire staff that covers this team, saying the decisions about the Raptors' future are going to come. Do you think any of this is tied to the Raptors having to make those decisions moving forward on a guy like Kyle Lowry or how they're going to go about um, the next couple of years. Do you think any of this is tied to that? Not a hundred percent sure. I think what you what you're asking is, um, does whatever happens with Society Jury in the next six to eight months, um, is that? Well, ask me. Ask me what, I'm sorry. I'm not sure I don't understand the question. Tim. Okay. Is is having to decide what they do with Kyle Lowry? and the end of his deal, and if they're going to go young or if they have an in on one of these superstars next year that they've saved the money for, is any of that tied to, does Masai Ujiri want to see how that plays out before he stays long-term? I don't think it's going to be that. Um, I don't think the minutia is going to matter that much. Not that those are small issues, don't get me wrong, but I think it, it really is going to be. He knows exactly what he has here or he should know, and I think before he does sign, he's going to want to know that, you know, uh, this is an organization that's willing to compete in a league where, you, you know, you look at what Golden State's willing to pay in luxury taxes. Yeah. Um, you know, like, that's that's, the, that's 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 where it's at. Like, if you want to win in this league with with a team that's that's been together and stays together, it gets very expensive. Are you committed to doing that? If, if, if not, like, if MLC isn't, and there's no indication they're not, but if they're not, then I don't think he will stick around. Like, I don't think he's interested in being part of something that's not striving to be the very best. Um, but presuming they are, and that's how the organization is kind of, you know, this is, this, there's nothing this organization hasn't done in the past eight years. Then, um, you know, I think those details, whether you're going to kind of rebuild, whether you're going to um, make a big splash at a, at a free agent, what you're going to do with cops. Those, those things are, are, aren't going to be the determining factor whether he stays or doesn't stay. And I think with Bobby Webster, you know, under contract, one, you know, I think it gives some assurance that, you know, those things can still be, you know, there's not going to be a, you know, things aren't going to fall apart if in, on, on those fronts if, if the side jury does leave. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's just more of a big-picture decision and again, I'll go back to what I wrote back in December, yeah. is I think if there was a really evident opportunity out there that was better than what he has here, we'd probably know about it. <laughs> and, uh, and and I think the most likely scenario is he does sign, um, and, you know, but he, he kind of lists the fight another day. I apologize for my terrible question. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, 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 it wasn't terrible. It was. It's a collaboration here, Tim. We, yeah, we're it's doing, a conversation. We're, we're in it together. Yes. Made up for it with his good looks. Made up for it. How, with more, how much more time looks. do I have here? 
You gotta. You, you, are, you know, you're. You always help us. Go ahead. I you got a minute to a minute, and you got ninety, 90 seconds. Go ahead. Go ninety ahead. seconds. Okay. Yeah. So is there? Because because I do. I do want to say because I don't know, Tim. Exactly. I said I don't know exactly when you move on, but I know it's. I don't know if I'll be on again with both of you. I just want to say you guys treat your guests incredibly well. Your whole staff there, everyone who makes that organize that that team that you guys put together, everyone. I've ever encountered with you guys is amazing. Um, I love coming on your show. I always find it. I always feel like I got to be on. I got to be. It's interesting. I learn. The preparation is bar none. You know, on, on par with anyone in the entire industry. You know, anywhere and not just in Canada. And uh, you know, it's it's been great to have you guys on there. I'm happy you're both going to be doing some really cool, exciting things. And. Uh, the best of both of you guys. I know I'll be. I know I'll be encountering you both again, but I don't know if I'd be on air with you again. So I just want to say that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, Thank I appreciate that. that. Um, okay, guys, we don't have to book Grange again. That's the nicest thing he's ever said. About us ever. <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not gonna match that again. We're good. We're good. We have. We. I've spent the last ten years trying to get that compliment don't. on Mike. We finally got yeah. to the top of Everest. We are good. When it's gone, good. I'll have you back on. <laughs> Um, Mike, honestly, right back at you. Every time yeah. you come on, it's it's just it's just a great conversation. We know you're one of the best writers in the country, one of the best journalists in the country. It's always a joy to have you on. And we will do this again before the 26th, friend. Really appreciate the okay. kind words. Thank All you, man. Right. Thank you. I just want to get it out there. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks. There is uh, Michael Grange. Uh, Sid gave him 90 seconds that we don't have. We'll take the break. We'll come back and wrap it up next. <laughs> here. Oh, I, reg- I regret nothing, McAuliffe. I, I know. You were, you were fishing for it. But I'll take it, too. Leafs coming up on Sportsnet 590, the fan, as they host the Canucks' first of a three-game set. I think that might be my favorite compliment of our show that we've heard on the way out for you is how hard everyone works. And I think that it's a credit to our show, how easy sometimes it looks and how fun sometimes it looks. And when I hear uh, someone like Grange, who puts in a lot of work around this place, Absolutely. Uh, Sportsnet say that he's impressed by the work ethic of our entire team. It uh, it pulls. It definitely pulls. But 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 from a guy like like you said, I'm, forgive me, I'm parroting what you're saying. But from a guy who sees it from an inside perspective, yeah. Like I know we come out here and we and I make fart jokes and it's a different kind of show and we enjoy each other and it's different. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a like there's a lot of work that's gone into this for ten years, if not longer. And to hear that from a guy who knows what that kind of work is like, who we respect, that's like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna save that on my phone for God's sakes. Like he's he's one of the better guys in this business. He didn't have to do that. He knew we were ending and and I appreciate it and quite frankly demand it from all guests going forward because we deserve it. <laughs> um and it's even more special on a day like today where uh, it's also worth mentioning a lot of folks in our industry have uh, lost their jobs in the last couple days. And we continue to realize that our industry, like many, is not immune to what's going on right now. So uh, we just want to send our best to all the people um, who are affected by it over the last couple of days and let them know that we're thinking of you because this isn't an, indi- an easy industry and nothing is easy these days. So uh, we're thinking about you guys. Yeah, I just echo everything Tim said, and some guys we've known a long time yeah. uh, having a tough day. 
uh, both uh, in front of the camera and behind it. So um, just we wish everyone the best of luck, some talent out there, and God yeah. bless each and every one of you. And we, um, it's moments like that where you do feel you feel lucky for kind of what you got, Timmy, and that's the that's the only way I can close in on my end. Yeah, uh, but uh, but well said, well said. Gratitude is important these days, uh, without a doubt. In every aspect, gratitude is important today. Uh, the Leafs and Canucks among the eight games in the NHL tonight, three in the North Division. How much pressure is on Travis Green, Jim Benning, and everyone else in and around the Vancouver Canucks as they head into Toronto today? I think, I think Jim Benning has more heat on him than any hockey figure. Never mind Blake Wheeler, never mind Sam Bennett, any, no one else. No, Pierre Dorian, no one else. Jim Benning right now is getting it in a way that is unique, even for the Vancouver market, to see Tyler Toffoli score eight goals in five, eight goals in five games. Forgive me. Eight goals in five games, I think. Is it five or six? I'm sorry. I should know that. But not only that, Tim, to see Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin the other night in Calgary give up their first five-on-five goal of the year, they wish they hadn't done. To watch Troy Stetcher be like a minus one in Detroit, which is a plus 10 anywhere else because that team is so bad. Like, it's, these moves do not look good for that organization. And there is one, it's not on Travis Green. So if I'm Jim Benning, uh, it was eight and five. Eight and five, thank you. Um, there's a lot of heat, and if they go through Toronto and pick up like one point out of six, look out, because that's that market's gonna, the lower mainland's going to be looking for for something to happen. That's Agreed. all I'm saying. They're, in, they're getting impatient over there. Getting impatient. They've been impatient for a while. <laughs> they yes, are they among have. the more impatient yes, fan bases yes, in all have. of Canada. All right, that's it for us. Uh, as always, we'd like to thank Brian Burke, Michael Grange, and Sam Acho for dropping by. I'd like to thank my co-host who works so hard in the show and our entire team who works so hard in the show and remind all of us. It's I really wash important. your hands. You gotta wash your hands. Wash your hands. Yeah. And wash your hands. Washing your hands. Thanks again, Grange, for saying that. It's like one of the nicest things anyone said about it. So nice. Thank you.